Hey, I was gone last week. The reason I was gone last week is I finally did my bucket list. I went on a shark dive in Mexico last week, and it was awesome. I still live. Now, let me say this, all right? I'm going to say myself about 50 conversations. I've already had about 50. So about 50 people come up to me and said, did you see the YouTube video that went viral about the shark? And yes, I saw it after I was on the boat, all right? And um, this is the video that we're talking about. So this, uh, people are going, is this the same, same boat? It's the same boat. That's the same boat, same cruise, same place, same everything. This happened a week before we got there. And um, there's a guy named Jan down in there. He's alive, believe it or not. Anyway, but, um, but we were there. And so I'd also like to say thank you to the 50 people who sent this video to my wife. That's awesome because she immediately, wait, here pop goes the shark. Done. Yeah. He weighs the same as my truck, just so you know there. Anyway, but um, so my, my, my wife immediately called my mom and said, he's okay. And my mom's like, where is he? Because I hadn't told my mom, because she's my mom. And so thank you to the people I hate you. So there you go, right? <laughs> Let's talk about something happy. Let's talk about Satan, okay? Here we go, all right? <laughs> we really are going to talk about him today, all right? So, so, so last week, all right, Scott kicked off this, this, this three-week series we're doing this month where we're looking at what the Bible would call forces, and we would describe these forces as dark or, or evil forces that, that lead to death. We read that in the Bible. As opposed to the force we would find in Jesus, which would be a, a, a force like a light or a, or a force or a power that, that gives life. So that's what this series is all about. Now, throughout this series, if you weren't here last week, get online and watch this. But, but, but throughout this whole series, we're not going to try to, to talk you into the idea of the reality or the presence of spiritual forces in our world, for, for good, or, good or bad. And the reason that we don't have to spend any time doing that is because if you were honest, every one of us, old or young, at some time in our life, we've experienced or felt the presence of one of those forces, Good, good, good or bad. We didn't know what to call it, but you felt something going on on a spiritual level. And this is what we looked at last week. Uh, Ephesians, we're going to be in the same, same book. Uh, uh, the book of Ephesians is a letter that a guy named Ro- uh, Paul wrote to some people who live in Ephesus, which is like a spiritual like, hotbed in the Middle East when, when this was going on. And this is what Paul writes about this, this, this struggle. He says, for our struggle... It's not against flesh and blood. It feels like it, but it's not about flesh and blood. But it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly or the the spiritual realms. And what Paul is doing there is he's giving language to what all of us have experienced at one time in our life. It feels like we get out of bed and go to work or go to school or whatever. It feels like we're we're struggling with or fighting with or, or, or we're battling with. It feels like we're at war with people. Flesh and blood, we, we, we feel like my biggest problem is my marriage or my parents or, or, or my health or my finances. Sometimes we, we feel, we walk through the whole day and it just feels like someone's out to get us. It feels like everything in our life is, is lined up against us. It's trying to get us to fail. It feels like that. And what Paul says is this, there's something bigger that's going on in your life, but on a spiritual level and what you're experiencing on a, on a physical flesh and blood relationship, family, sexual, financial, or friendship realm, the most important parts of your life, that's actually a symptom of what's really going on on the spiritual level all around you. And if you try to just simply fight the symptoms of going, what, what's going on with people around you and ignoring the spiritual battle that's behind all the problems, nothing's going to change in your life. If you're just dealing with symptoms, right? So that's what this whole series is going to be about. You have to know your enemy, and then you, know how to fight. you have to know how to fight back. And that's what we're looking at. So last week, we, we looked at our enemy. Our enemy is Satan. Uh, the video just kind of reinforced that. He's a liar, and he's an accuser. He has his finger in your chest all the time. He will use everything within his power to steal, kill, and destroy you and the most important parts, people, and relationships in your life. 
So if you weren't, again, if you weren't here last, last week, let me just do a quick review, all right? Satan, or whenever you think of him, all right, don't think of some cartoon, all right? But Satan is not the opposite of God, okay? He's not. He's the opposite of an angel at best, all right? So as good as God is, Satan's not that bad, all right? Satan is finite. God is, 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 is infinite. Satan's not all-seeing. He, he's not all-powerful. He really is not. God is. Satan is not. But, but please know this. On your own, without Jesus... It's going to hurt your feelings, so pray through this. He's stronger than you. He really is. He, he, you guys, well, I've got willpower. I'm going to muster up some strength, and I'm going to beat Satan today all on my own. No, you're not. You're going to get slaughtered. And, and while, while Satan is not all-knowing, he doesn't know what's going to happen next, all right? He is smarter than you. He's not dumb. Satan's evil, but don't confuse evil with being stupid. He's a professional liar. When, when he lies, it's his native language, the Bible says. And his specialty is getting you to believe things that aren't true, which is why the number one, like the oldest story in the book, literally goes like this. In the Bible and in my life too. Satan said something to me. He tempted me with something. He offered me something. He made me a promise. And while I knew it was different than what God said was, was true, I thought I could get away with it. And I did it oldest story in the book. And if you'll look around this room in the next 30 minutes or so, you're going to see a lot of heads going, yeah, that's, that's my life. I thought it was no big deal. I thought that maybe this time it, was work. it would work. It didn't work last time, but this, this time it'll work. But in the end, I was deceived. Again, I was blindsided. I was trapped, and my life will never be the same. Look at this. this is, Paul is writing, we have to. Satan's coming after us, and we have to have Jesus in our life. And here's why. So that we would not be outwitted, outsmarted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his, and what's that last word? Designs. I want you to hang on to that. There's some type of design that Satan has that can really trip us up, all right? And what we looked at last week goes like this. You don't ever have to face Satan on your own. You don't have to face anything on, on, on your own. If Jesus is in you, we looked at this, then greater is he that is in you, Jesus, than he that is in the world. Satan, on your own, you're going to get slaughtered. On your own, you can do nothing, but with God, famous verse, all things are what? All things are possible. Things that if you don't have Jesus in your life, they're impossible. So what I want to look at today is how it is that Satan and his dark forces keep on screwing up my life or our life, all right? And the most important parts, not just once, but it just seems like it's happening over and over. Now, before I get into this, a couple more disclaimers. All right, because we, we, we got to get on the same page of this because some people are freaking out about some stuff and, and you just need to take a breath, all right? We, we talk about this a lot. When you become a Christian, and uh, what, could, what is that? Okay, when you put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross for you, his blood was shed, it paid for your sins, there is no condemnation, you're reconnected back to God eternally now, that's a Christian, all right? So when you put your faith in Jesus, at that moment that you believe, you are saved forever, all right? Right? For it once and for all. And there's no hidden print in the Bible somewhere that goes, well, you're saved unless you do that. Or you're saved unless you make that mistake. And then God will look at you and go, well, I was wrong about you. Go to hell. That, it's not in the Bible. Okay? It's just, it's, just not, it's just not there. Right? There is nothing that can separate you from God's love or your salvation. But, but what about if I do this? There's nothing that can separate you from God's love or the grace that covers you when you put your faith in Jesus. So when I'm talking about Satan screwing up your life, I'm not talking about him stealing away your salvation or, or your grace or your connection with, with, with God, all right? That God gave that to you at the moment you put your faith in Jesus. I'm talking about him screwing up this life, this marriage, this family, right? This relationship, this sexuality, this, this, these finances, your identity, stealing away your joy. He cannot take away your eternal life with God. He can, he can take away your peace, though. 
He can't take away heaven. He can just make life feel like hell till you get there. That's what I'm talking about, right? All right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is this, especially this time of the year. Now, I've, I've seen it in movies since I was a little kid. Every Halloween movie or Friday the 13th movie, it's all, it's all the same, right? Every movie. It's this idea of, of someone being possessed by a demon or Satan. You've seen the movie. I am Satan, right? I dated her once, actually. But anyway, but she was evil. But anyway, but... So, and you know what I'm talking about. You've seen that movie where they, they touch something like, mm, and then, or they breathe in green fog and all of a sudden Satan owns them or, or something like that. Sit, listen, all right? That happens, stuff like that happened in the Bible, right? Demons were in people, right? And it's still possible to happen in this world today, all right? But please hear this, all right? It is, you gotta write this down. It is impossible for a Christian to be possessed by a demon, impossible, and the reason that is it's impossible is because at the moment you put your faith in Jesus and you're saved, the Holy Spirit seals you and the blood of Christ covers you and Satan can't get in. Now, get your camera out, take a picture of this. This is good. This is worth getting out of bed for right here, right? So while you cannot be possessed by evil forces, a Christian can be, what's the word? Oppressed. Isn't that true? He can't own you, but he can sure oppress you. In other words, just because you're a Christian, and you put your faith in Jesus, got baptized a couple weeks ago, whatever that is, all right, Satan doesn't look at you and go, okay, hands off. I, I won't mess with you. No, 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 no. He's going to try to ruin the most important parts of your life right up until your dying breath. Again, he can't take away your salvation. He can take away your marriage. He can take away your joy. And that's why Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble. And he's talking about you're going to be oppressed, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I win. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a battle every day that you get out of bed, but don't give up. I win the war eternally, right? I, I win. Satan loses on an eternal level, but his plan is to oppress and steal your life today. And that's what I want to look at, how he does that. Let's look at how Satan is going to try to over and over screw up and ruin this, this life. Let's pick up right in the verse right above where Scott started last week. We'll up one more verse. Ephesians, a letter to people living a spiritual like, like hotbed, right? Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to pick up in verse 10. Paul writes this to us. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So, so just leave that up there. Right, right there we find in God's word, right there in the Bible, that the strength that is going to be required for you and I to, 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 to fight back against Satan is not from this inner thing that we've discovered and manufactured on our own. We didn't reach way down inside of ourselves and go, I'm going to beat Satan this time. That's not what we're being told to do. No. He says this, be strong in who? In the Lord. You're, you're a pretty strong person, not strong enough. So you're going to get strength from the Lord and in his mighty power. So whatever God is going to tell us to do in the following verses here, he also says, I promise I'm going to give you enough power to do it. And he does that with everything, folks. Whatever God tells you to go do, he also gives you the power to do it, or he won't tell you to do it, to hang in there, to walk away from this, to keep on fighting. He won't tell you to do it unless he also gives you the power to do it. So let's keep reading. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Now, we're going we're to come back to the first part of that verse. I, I want to look at the last phrase, take your stand against the devil's scheme. And specifically, I want to look at two words or two phrases there. First of all, it's the word stand as in take your stand. And the, the best way to describe what take your stand would be the opposite would be my knees buckled, I fell down, I got beat. That'd be the opposite. So when you take your stand, what you're talking about is, you know, and if you've ever been in a fight or something like that, or you play football, whatever that is, you, you, you plant your feet and you're like, okay, bring it, I'm ready. You're not pushing me over. I wanna take my stand. I wanna plant my feet. And here, here's the second word that I'm, I'm ready for is a scheme. 
And it's the same, it's the same idea of the word that we looked at earlier, designs, same, same, same thing. But when, 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 when Paul's writing that Satan has a scheme against us, he's not talking about that, that big, generic, Satan wants everybody to go to hell. I mean, he does, but that's not what this is talking about. The scheme here is a very specific scheme. It's a military term. So you could actually translate the word scheme this way. It's the devil's invasion plan of attack or battle plan that he is specifically, here's the word, designed for a particular person. What do you mean? You. Not mankind. You. He has another one for her and another one for him, but he's not going to go after him the same way he goes after you because it won't work. But he, he's going to come after you very, very, very specifically. Seeing a, here's the end result. Seeing a specific person being ripped off, killed, and destroyed. And again, returning to the military metaphor, Paul writes this. Your only hope of surviving this attack or this battle, let alone winning or defeating the rulers and the authorities and the spiritual forces that are coming specifically after you. Again, he's going to do it different for her. But you, the only way you're going to do that is you've got you to plant your feet. You've got to take your stand and put on what Paul calls the full armor of God. And again, military metaphor, here's why you need to put on the full armor, the spiritual armor of God. This is the verse we looked at last week. Here's why. Because, or for, our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly or the spiritual realms. So if you put all that together, if you or I, if we have any hope of taking a stand and our knees not buckling and us getting wiped out again by a bigger enemy who has a very specific scheme to see you fall apart, you must have certain pieces of armor that come directly from God, not that you manufactured up, that come from an outside source or you won't know how to fight or have the armor or the weapons to come back with. So let's look at it. Therefore, if all that's true, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, so when he comes after you and comes after your marriage and comes after your, your, your kids and comes after your family and comes after the most important parts, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, you're still standing, right? So let's look at this armor. That's our only hope of surviving and defeating this dark force that's coming after us. So at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of this marriage, we're, we're, we're good, Right? So let's look at it. Right? Here it is. Stand firm then, plant your feet, with the belt of truth. And we're going we're gonna to break all this down here in a second. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I'll explain all this in a second. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish, and I love this metaphor, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So right there, using a warrior's armor as a, a spiritual metaphor, you have everything. If you have all that, you have everything necessary to take your stand against anything that evil comes after you with, specifically you. I want to steal, I want to kill, and I'm going to destroy your life. Mm -mm, I got the full armor of God. So let's look at that. Let's break it down really, really, really quickly, all right? Write these down as we, as we go if you want to, all right? First of all, you have to have the belt of truth. You have to have truth in your life. Or you're going to get slaughtered. Well, what do you mean truth? God's truth. Well, where do I find God's truth? In the Bible. Biblical authority drives everything we do. What do I find in the Bible? You find truth. This is who God is. This is who God says I am. This is who I, this is who I am to God. This is my, how much I'm worth. I find this truth. This is who I was created to be. This is the point of my life. Here's truth. This is how life works best. Here's truth. This road leads to a better life, a better marriage, a better whatever. This, this road leads to death. That's truth. According to who? God. If you don't know the truth, you're going to get wiped out. How about this? The breastplate, I love this metaphor, of righteousness. What do you mean righteousness? Breastplate, what do you mean? Think flak jacket. 
All right, think, think, think bulletproof vest. Everything that God has given me that he gave me at the cross through Jesus is guarding me, is covering me, is protecting the, the most vital parts of my life that if unprotected, they take a hit, I won't survive. But my heart and my life is protected by everything that is right because Jesus gave it to me at the cross. I got the breastplate of righteousness and my feet are ready. I'm ready to go. Why? Because of the gospel of peace. What do you mean the gospel of peace? The number one thing Jesus taught about the good news is that because of what Jesus did on a cross for us, because of that, I have unlimited access to and I'm tapped in and surrounded by the kingdom of God. There's a dark kingdom out there. There's also the kingdom of God and I'm surrounded by the kingdom of God. So whatever I face, I won't face it by myself. No matter how bad the attack is, my feet are planted. I have peace that because Jesus is greater than whatever Satan throws at me, I'm gonna be fine. And that's called peace. Next, I have this, the shield of faith. We talk a lot, a lot about faith around here. What do you mean faith? Here's faith. I have confidence. I know that Jesus is who he says he is and he will keep every promise he's ever made to me, including the promise to go through this valley, even the valley of the shadow of death, face every trial, face every, I love this, flaming arrow that Satan f- shoots at my life and tries to burn me down. I'm not gonna worry about it because nothing can crush me, nothing can defeat me or separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Because of that, I have faith. I know I'm okay. I'm okay. How about this one? The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. This is really, really important. What do you you mean? I know I am saved. And let me just tell you, my head, especially when I'm screwing up and things are going crazy in my life, my head goes all over the place. Anybody else? I'm on meds. Not enough, obviously, but I I mean, I I make up stories in my head. And what about this? And what about this? And I'll screw up and I get up and go, am I saved? Am I going to hell? I don't know. Tuesday went really, really, really bad. I bet God didn't like me anymore. But then I put on this helmet of salvation. I go, whoa, 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 time out. I'm saved. I know it. I know it. My relationship with God is protected and nothing can change what God has said and done in my life. Satan can't and I can't. I'm saved. I'm good. And finally, I have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. No matter what lies that Satan throws at me, himself or through other people or for my own doubts and confusion, we're going to talk about that in a minute because I don't understand what's happening in my life. I'll go back and I'll hold on to God's word. I find it right there in the Bible. There is truth and I'll combat every lie that, that comes my way. Full armor of God. What Paul is painting is a picture of a person. Hopefully you're right. He's describing us. We are totally covered, absolutely prepared and protected from head to toe. We're fine. Bring it on. Right? Now, here's the other thing, all right? And if you ever served in the military or you're a cop or something like that, you're going to identify this right away. Every soldier knows this. Back then and even knows right now that if, if any one piece of that armor is missing, you're in trouble. Or how about this? You think you have on good armor, but you find out it's broken or it doesn't work or it's weak, all right? Every soldier knows it is a matter of time until the enemy figures that out, draws a bullseye on that area and focuses their specific scheme or attack on the weak spot. They're not gonna go after the strong spot. They're gonna find where you're weak and they're gonna go for it. Which takes us back to the reason we need the full armor of God, not just part of it or just some of it, all right? Because Satan is forming a very specific scheme, a plan of attack against you. For you military folks, it's like this. In military terms, he's doing recon on you, right? He's watching you. He's spying on you. He's listening to you. He doesn't know what's going on in there, but he just watches and he, and, and he listens. And he takes note of where you're vulnerable. He watches where you screwed up last week and the week before and the week before. And there's a pattern. And then he, he comes up with a very specific scheme and then he waits in ambush. I like this last week, right? Like a lion waiting to devour you. You ever feel like that? He's doing it. He's watching. Now that sounds really, that just sounds spooky. That's really not, I'll, I'll bring it into today's age, all right? So I have a friend that works for a nonprofit. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but she has a budget of several hundred thousand dollars that she spends buying information from websites that track us, like Facebook. Do you know they track you? 
I, I'm a prepper, but don't go overboard. I mean, I, or like, like I got my car, to, my, my car today to, to go to the gym. I looked at my phone. It says 17 minutes to go to the gym. How did you know I was going? I am going to the gym, but now I want to go to the mall. I don't know what I want to do, all right? I mean, it just freaked me out. I bought some chairs the other day. I got on Facebook, and there's a whole list of chairs. Here's some other chairs you might. It's freaking me out. So listen, if, if, if they're tracking that, and we've come up with that, and we just take that for granted now, right? They know our websites. They know our spending habits. They know all that kind of stuff. Satan is smarter. He just follows us around. Oh, there's where she's weak. She messed up there. When she was in college, she messed up in her first marriage there. He messed up there in finances. I'll just, I'll just hit him there again. Now, let's go back to this. If you look back at each one of these pieces of armor, they all really serve one purpose, to tell you or remind you, to protect you with, this is true. This is the truth about who God is. And this is the truth about who God says you are. And this is the truth about how life works best. And this is the truth about what leads to, to life. And this is the truth about what leads to death. And this is the truth about that, that God says, you don't have to be afraid of that because my kingdom surrounds you. And you can have faith and confidence that I am who I said I was and I will keep every promise to you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to get out of bed every morning and worry if you're saved or not. You are saved. It is finished. There's no shame or condemnation coming from God in your direction. And no matter what lies are thrown at you, you can fight back with the truth that is the word of God. And if you can stand strong in all those areas, no matter what weapon formed against you, it shall not stand. It won't get through. So what's that look like? We've got the full armor of God. We know, all right, right. What's that scheme look like for you? You know, I'll just say this. It looks exactly the same way that it looked from the beginning of time. And by beginning of time, I mean like chapters one, two, three of the Bible, that beginning of time, all right? Now, now his, his main, main plan of attack, he will tweak it a little bit just specifically for you, but it's exactly the same thing. And basically it comes down to two ways he attacks our life. First question goes like this. How can he get you to believe something different than what God says is true about God and what he promises? So we read that in the Bible, God says, this is, why, this is what I'm like, this is what I promise you. How can I get you to not believe that? And the second plan of attack would be this. How can he get you to believe something different than what God said about you? So if he can get you to believe that you're something different than what God says you are, you're beat, right? So let's go back to the Garden of Eden where Satan tempted Adam and Eve with that forbidden fruit. And here's what I know just happened in the room. A bunch of people just rolled their eyes and went, are you serious? Do you believe that story? Really, like a snake talking? Like, listen, I do believe it true. I, I actually, I'm one of those people, all right? But, but listen, if you can't get there, even if you're not a Christian, you've never been to church before, all right? And you just think it's a myth or an allegory. Just hang with me, all right? Just listen. You will agree that what happens in the story describes a time in your life when you listen to the wrong voice and the result was you got beat. You got defeated. You, you lost way too much. And something really important in your life died and a part of your life was destroyed. Again, I believe it happened. I really, really do. But even if you can't get there, you're going to agree as you listen to the story. That sounds exactly like what happened to me. So let's go back to this. Genesis chapter 3. And let's, let's, let's see the, the, the attack, all right? It says this. <clears throat> now the serpent. Who's the serpent? Satan. Kids, come on. Who's the serpent? Good. You're paying attention. <clears throat> all right. So now the serpent was more crafty. And you can actually put the word scheming in there and be, and, and be true to the text. He's smart. He's planning. He's more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Now time out, all right? That's a misquote of God. That's not what God said. God said part of that. This is Satan's specialty. He takes a little bit of what God says, changes it a little bit and goes, did God say that? Right? And if you don't know what God says, you, you don't know. But what, what, what Satan is painting for this lady is, is this scenario where God doesn't want you to have anything good. You can't eat anything ever. No trees at all, right? 
And the woman's like, uh, 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 okay. And the woman said to the serpent, oh, I know my Bible. We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. So we can eat, we can eat, all right? But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree, that one tree over there, that's in the midst or the middle of the garden. And she should have stopped there, but she kept going. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. She put words in God's mouth. He didn't say that. Christians, you're really good at that, by the way. God didn't say it, but he should have, so I'm gonna say it for him, Right? It's not in the Bible, but it should be. So I'll just write it in the margin and tell people that's what God said, right? We just load people up all the time. I think God's in heaven going, I, I don't care what you wear. I don't, I don't care what that, that, that's her. That's not me, all right, right? So we put words in God's mouth, adding stuff, piling on stuff. What God actually said was this, hey, you can eat from any tree in the garden. Eat all of them. I don't, I don't care. Any, any of them, all of them except one. And the command was simply this, don't eat from that one. And if you do, if you say, I'm not gonna, you're not gonna in charge of my life. I'm not gonna obey you. I'm gonna do something different than what God wants me to do. I wanna tell you up front, because I don't want you to be ambushed by this. The outcome or the result, the wage will be death. What do you mean? Parts of your life will immediately start to die. You may not feel it all at once, but it's a matter of time. Your relationship with me, it'll die. Your relationship with one another, it'll start dying. In your own heart, what once was very good, won't be very good anymore. So, but Satan, Satan's not done. Look, but the serpent said, said to the woman, you will not surely die. Translated, that's not true. Well, God says, that's not true. Well, God says it happens, it's not gonna happen. Let me just translate it one more, all right? God's a liar, a liar. And here's, here's why God's lying to you. For God knows that if you eat of it, if you do whatever you wanna do, your eyes will be open and you'll be like him. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Let me translate that. God is a cosmic egomaniac, only looking out for himself. He doesn't care about you. So don't believe all that stuff. You don't need some fairy tale God in the sky to tell you what's right or wrong for you. You don't need God to tell you what's good or bad for your life. And you don't need some selfish cosmic control freak out there telling you how to run your life. Run your own life, right? Open your eyes. Do whatever you want to do. Be your own person. How about this one? Follow, you ever heard this country song? Follow your heart. Anybody ever followed their heart? Mine always leads right off a cliff. Every, almost every time, all right? Run your own life and don't let anybody tell you that what you're doing is wrong, including God. Who's he? Number one scheme since the beginning of time. Did God really say that's true? It's not. Did God really say that something bad would happen if you did that? It won't. Here's the arrow, the flaming arrow that gets shot at us every day. What God said is true isn't really true at least for you and what's going on in your life. It's probably good, true for those people, but, but you're different. So don't worry about it. Go for it. Nothing's gonna happen. Actually, something better will happen if you just do your own thing. You can run your life better without God, without being all caged in by some old-fashioned, out-of-date book that says this is what you ought to do. And by the way, this is to Christians, all right, if you're wrong and you blow off God and go do your own thing, if God really does love you, he'll understand and he'll forgive you. That's called grace. I read John 3, 16. So did Satan, all right? He's gotta forgive us. So just go do it anyway. And it, we, we, this is all going on in our heads, right? And here's what, we, what happens. We, we start thinking... Yeah, that actually, that's a good point. I mean, wh why, would, why wouldn't God want me to have that? Why, why wouldn't God want me to, to do that? Why, why would God expect me to, to, to not ha have that? I mean, that doesn't make sense. Because when I, when I think about God in my mind, so I make up God in my mind, the God that I believe in would never tell me to do that or not do that or sacrifice that. My, my, my God, the God in Jim's head, said, wants me to be happy all the time. It'd be true to my heart and my feelings so my God would understand. So even though it's different than what I find in God's word, in my case, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it and you do. Does that sound familiar to anybody or am I the only one? Right? Now, the truth is, okay, most of us, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say none of us, 
None of us this week are going to go home and rake our yard or mow our grass or let's go hiking in the mountains. And as you're doing that, I'm pretty sure this is not going to happen. A talking snake isn't going to jump out of a tree and go, deny Jesus and follow Satan. Ah, right. That's not going to happen. And you know what? If you come up to me next week in the lobby and go, it happened, Jim. It really, right? Rocky Mountain National Park. Snake, all right. I'm, I'm looking and go, really, really, really. And then security is going to close around you. And then we're going to haul you to the hospital because we love you, all right? And you won't be back for a long time. So, so if, 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 that's not what, if that's not how Satan's going to do it today, how does he do it? What are the most typical weapons that Satan will use in his specific scheme against you today? Not three, thousands of years ago, in Colorado later this week. And it's the same too. First of all, not knowing who God truly is or what he promises to you. If I were to ask you that, who's God? What's, what's he really like? Most of us would go, ah, good? I, I don't know. Can I, can I be honest with you? I'm going to be, all right? We are not, and I should probably use I language there, but I think I speak for everyone. We are not very good at interpreting the circumstances that are going on in our life, especially when we're right in the middle of them. We, we, we suck at it. We just like, oh, I totally understand this. No, no, many times, like years later, we can look back and go, oh, now I see that God was there right? Footprints in the sand, all that kind of stuff, right? Oh, now I remember that God was with me and I wouldn't have survived. But, but when we're in the middle of it, we don't know what to think, right? About what's going on or about how or why God would allow something like this to happen. It's just, it's just confusing, right? I mean, how, how about this? Think about this. If you get a horrible phone call at two o'clock in the morning, and by the way, nobody ever calls at two o'clock in the morning with good news, all right? So when that phone rings at two o'clock in the morning and delivers the worst news, then what? Or how about this? When you really want a job but you don't get hired, they hired somebody not even qualified, all right? Or when you get fired from the job that you love and they don't give you a good explanation. Or when your marriage is going south and you're doing your best. Or when you find out that you or somebody that you love has cancer. Or when you find out that you're pregnant and you don't want to be. Or you're not pregnant and that's all you want to be. Why is it the first question almost every time goes like this? Why is God doing this to me, right? Anybody prayed that prayer? Why is this happening? Why won't God help me? Why won't God fix this or change this? Where is God when I need him the most? And if you don't know who God really truly is going into the valley of the shadow of death, usually once you're in there, based on how you're feeling in the moment, you're gonna jump to all kinds of uh, really bad and incorrect conclusions about who God is and whether or not he's gonna keep his promise to you. Again, let me just speak to a few of us in here. Let's be honest. The reason you walked away from God, you lost your faith, or even today you are right on the verge of walking away from Jesus is because you put good God on the table and then you put the horrible circumstances of your life and try to make them both make sense and you don't. So you're this close to just say, I'm out. And you walk away, right? Because they don't make sense. And that's when Satan pounces. He closes in and he attacks and he devours you like a lion. See, I told you so. You can't trust God. I told you he's, he's an ego man. He doesn't care about you. How could a God of love allow something like this to happen, cause something like this to happen? You can't trust God. You don't need God. Obviously, God can't take care of you or he won't take care of you. So how about this? Screw God. Leave him. Walk away from God because you don't need him. And you know, you, you look back and go, uh, yeah, why not? And you do. You walk away from God and faith and all that kind of stuff for a while. And for a while, you feel good. Yeah, I'll show God. I'll show you. I don't need God. I can do this on my own. And you do for a while, but eventually that feeling of I'll show you God changes to anger. And then anger turns to bitterness, right? And it's not just directed at God. It comes out at, on everybody in your life, right? You thought you were just walking away from God, but you, you, you ran over and you lost more than you ever thought you would. And Satan's response to all that, good song, another one bites the dust, right? 
Because in the painful, confusing circumstances of your life, he whispered a lie into your ear and you believed him and he wins. So if you don't know who God really is, you're a target and it's a matter of time till Satan comes at you with a flaming arrow and he burns your life down. Now, there's many other spots in the armor, but that, that if they're missing, he's, Satan will come after those and, and he'll knock you down too. But let me just give you one more, okay? So the first one is you don't know who God is. The second one is you don't know who you are and what God says is true about you. What do you mean? What do you mean I don't know who I am? I mean, I mean this. Maybe, maybe you, know, you think you know who you are. But ba- based on what you know about you, what you've done in the past, and what's going on in your life right now, nobody else even knows what's going on in your life right now because you've gone to AA and you've gone to NA and you've gone to shift and you've gone to counseling and you made promises to your wife and your husband and your kids and your parents. And you know what? And they think everything's good, but you know it's still, it's still a mess, right? And so you know you. Right, you're struggling with it right now. How about this? Based on what other people have said to you or done to you, based on your own emotions or feelings and desires, after all that, you've decided to believe some things about yourself that are very different than what God says about you. I know what you say about me, God, not true. I believe something else. Where did that come from? Oh, your story's like mine. Something happened in our past. And we interpreted it a certain way, right or wrong. And we've been carrying around a message or a definition that came out of what happened. And it's been running our lives based on something not true. But, but we sit here right now, we go, no, no, it's true. You know why I know it's true? Because that's how I feel. So it must be true. And what do you call something that's not true? It's a, it's a lie. And who speaks liar as his native language? Satan. And all he has to do is watch. He just watches and waits, sees where you mess up, sees where you're afraid, sees where you keep falling down, and he'll take that whisper that you've been carrying around for a long time, he'll plug it into a loudspeaker, he'll put a finger in your chest, and he'll repeat it over and over. Remember what you did? Remember what you did? Remember what was done to you? Remember all that? Remember, remember, remember? I know God says this, it's not true, not about you. What's that look like? Let's start, I'm gonna dredge some stuff up, you ready? How about this? Your dad walked out on you when you were a little kid. Message, there's something wrong with me. If I had any value, he would have stayed. I'm not good enough. You've carried that for 50 years, right? How about this? You find out your husband or your boyfriend is cheating on you. Message, you're not good enough, pretty enough, thin enough, smart enough, because if you were, and if you'd done more to make him happy, he would have stayed. So there's something wrong with you. It's your fault. You carry out date to date to date. You made a mistake sexually a while back or someone used you sexually whether you wanted them to or not and now you look in the mirror and go, you're damaged goods. There's something wrong with me. That's why it happened. So why stop now? So you keep on making the same mistakes over and over and over and telling yourself, it doesn't matter. That's all I am. That's what I'm worth. It's all I'm good for. How about this, all right? You have feelings, gay or straight, and you don't know what to do with them, and you've asked God to take them away and he hasn't. So this must be who you are and who God created you to be. And if that's who you are, then that's what I'm gonna do. How about this one? You do your best to raise your kids and they totally go off the deep end anyway and a voice starts rolling in your head. You're a bad parent. You're a bad person and this is your fault because you're a bad dad. You fight depression for decades and here comes that voice, sometimes from church, telling you that if you had more faith, if you were a better Christian, you wouldn't feel like this. The list is long, isn't it? You don't get the job, you don't get picked for the team, you can't lose the weight, you can't score points on a game, you're not as pretty as her, you're not as rich as him, which obviously means you're not as good as them. So you give up or you get out of bed every day with this chip on your shoulder with something to prove to yourself and some imaginary people out there and you destroy everyone in your path because you got something to prove. Or you don't get out of bed, you're so depressed and overwhelmed, you just quit. Either way, Satan wins. He wins. Does any of that feel familiar? Yeah, of course it does. And while you never thought of it, you know, before today, maybe as a spiritual warfare, the truth is that's exactly what's behind everything. 
You have a vulnerable piece, place in your life, a chink in your armor that's open to attack because it's not covered by what God says is true about himself and about you. And Satan has researched you, drawn a target on it, and over and over and over, he comes after you. Anybody have that cousin that always punched him in an arm, same place over and over? It doesn't really bother you the first 50 times. And then the next day you look and your arm's laying on the ground. Ah, oh, I lost an arm, right, right? I had that cousin. I hate him. All right, but anyway, right, right? Satan's the same way. It's not a big loudspeaker all the time. It's just this. Over and over and over and over. So what's your hope? What's our hope? What's your hope so this marriage doesn't end up like the last one? And let's be honest, this marriage has a shelf life of about a year unless something changes. Let's be honest, right? What's your hope that, that the changing circumstances of life and, and work and school and, and, and romance and all that doesn't toss your, 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 your life all over the place like a leaf in a windstorm? What's, what's your only hope of knowing that you will not be defeated and at the end of the day you'll still be standing, whether you get the job or not, whether you lose the weight or not, whether he cheats on you or not, whether she's faithful to you or not, or whether your dad tells you he loves you or not, whether you share your bed with somebody or you sleep by yourself until you die. What's your only hope? What's that, what are we going to hang on to? Let's go back to this. Finally, how about this? Be strong in the Lord. I'm just not strong enough on my own. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against anything the devil throws at me. What do you mean? God says this is true and I'm gonna hold on to it. I don't care what she says. No matter what, I'm gonna hold on to what God says is true. I am covered by his righteousness and there's no condemnation. I know I messed up. That was my fault, but there's no shame coming my direction from God. My feet are firmly planted no matter what life throws at me. I have peace. I have confidence of who Jesus is, and he'll take care of me. Nothing can take away my salvation or cancel out God's love for me. And whatever lies come my way from whatever source, I will draw out my sword, which is the word of God, and I will cut down every lie that Satan throws at me, and I will trust in the Lord more than what she says about me or he says about me, what they've done to me, what I've done to myself. My power, my strength comes from the Lord because I know who God is, and I know who God says I am, and I will not be defeated. That's my plan. What's your plan? Let me just ask you that right now. What's your plan? So I don't really have a plan. Then you're going down. Can I just say that? I don't, I don't really, really have a plan. I'm just going to keep on doing it. Then it's a matter of time. The only way to survive these attacks that are going to come all the way to your funeral is you've got to know who God is. You find that in his word. You've got to know who you are. And you know what? You find that in his word too. Here's what I want to do. I want to close our eyes. It's not going to get weird. It's already a little weird. It's not going to get any weirder, all right? You don't have to do this if you don't want to. I want you to close your eyes, all right? And I want you to think. You might not know a lot about the Bible. You might have been a Christian, you know, since you were a, a baby, whatever that is. But um, you know a little bit about God, all right? So the words that you know that are in the Bible that describe God, start kind of playing those in your head. I'll give you some. He's good and kind He's holy, he's perfect, he's patient. He's the, he's the kind of father that when the son runs away from home and screws up his life, he's waiting at the gate to welcome him home. I don't know what your dad was like, but that's what God's like. He cleans you up, he gives you grace, and he restores everything that the world's stolen from you. He's that kind of God. He's good. Hold, hold on to him. And, we'll, and who are you? And please don't confuse who you are with what you've done or what's been done to you. What's God say about you? Because I, I, I look in his word, which is the authority of my life, and he looks at you and says, you're my son and you're my daughter. That makes you a prince. makes you a warrior. It makes you perfect. My, my son Jesus covers you, and so you're, you're good. You're a good man because Jesus covers your life. You're a good woman. Now, Satan's gonna come after you this week. Can you hold on to that? 
because that's called truth. This is who God is, and he's good. And this is who I am, and because of Jesus, I'm gonna be okay. That's called peace. Can you hold on to that? Let's stand up. I'm gonna pray. We're gonna sing one song, and then uh, we're gonna walk out of here. So let's pray. So God, you know, we, a lot of us, myself included, drug ourselves in here this weekend with a lot of baggage and a lot of definitions, a lot of messages that are not true. They're, they're lies, and that means they did not come from you. So God, right, right now, here in your presence at the foot of the cross where Jesus takes away all condemnation, we lay those things down and say, I'm not my past. I'm not how I've been treated, and I'm not even how I've treated other people. I'm covered by the blood of Christ. And the reason I can say that is because you're a good God. And your son on the cross is not some loophole for me to continue to mess up. It's protection that no matter what comes my way, I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I'm given the strength, not my own strength, but strength from an outside source, strength from the Lord God Almighty, and I'm gonna be okay. So God, would you just whisper into every person's heart right now, I love you and you're good. With me, with Jesus, you're good. So we're gonna, we're gonna open your Bible week after week and we're gonna find out how good you are and the plan you have for our life and we're gonna sing songs like we're about to sing about how you've beaten death. The worst thing that Satan can throw at us is, is to kill our bodies, but we don't even have to be afraid of that because you win. We love you. We pray this, we worship this, we live our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen.